Ave Maria Radio and Renewal Ministries presents Fire on the Earth, a compelling look at the new evangelization through inspiring teachings, interviews, and testimonies. Welcome, friends. This is Peter Herbeck, your host. We're beginning another week of Fire on the Earth, a program dedicated to the promotion of Catholic mission and evangelization. Well, we're, it's a big week in the life of the church. Ash Wednesday's coming up, which is launching us into a very important time in the church year. The season of Lent, penitential season, a time of prayer and fasting. And boy, we need it. We, we always need it for our personal lives to grow. And the church does this so the whole church can go deeper in the Lord and be purified. And, but boy, we need a penitential season for the church to lead in the midst of a world that's just shaking and the wars and the rumors of wars and the corruption in politics. And you name all the, disturbing things that are going on inside the church and outside the church, perfect time for us to turn to the Lord in a spirit of repentance. We'll go after that a little bit more on Ash Wednesday itself, but leading up to it, we get very interesting readings from the church for Mass, Daily Mass, and Liturgy of the Hours, and one of the readings today is taken from James, the first chapter. Counted pure joy, my brethren, when you meet various trials— For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Well, one of the most interesting realities of the Christian story as it unfolds in the New Testament, both through the teaching of Jesus and his life, the teaching of the apostles and their lives, is the way they look at trials and difficulties. And often the word trial has to do with opposition to the gospel, persecution, that sort of trial. And every time it's mentioned, it's mentioned as a great gift, essentially. And it's counterintuitive for us. Like we just, we feel like our life is good and we're in a good place spiritually if we don't get opposition, if we're not experiencing persecution or trial or rejection or of different kinds. For example, another place is First uh, Peter. There's just a lot of wonderful teaching in First Peter on the subject. He certainly experienced it, again, as did many of the other apostles. But the first chapter, which talks a great deal about what Peter's seeing happening in a set of churches in Asia Minor area today, where young churches are growing and they're filled with faith. And Peter says here in verse 3, chapter 1, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. By his great mercy, we've been born anew to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and to an inheritance which is imperishable, undefiled and unfading, kept in heaven for you who by God's power are guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed on the last day. So Peter's celebrating the fundamental realities of what the Lord has accomplished through his passion death, resurrection, and ascension into glory, the hope that's given to us, that it's transforming in its power, and Peter recognizes it in them. In verse 6, he said, In this you rejoice, though now, for a little while, you may have to suffer various trials, so that the genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, which, though perishable, is tested by fire, it may redound then to the praise and the glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So the understanding that the Christian life, one fundamental characteristic of it in history between the two comings of Jesus 
is there will be trials. And again, often this is talking about persecution, in some way rejection, a pushback from the world, strategy of the devil unfolding to oppose the proclamation of the gospel, and a price is being paid for it, the ultimate price being the martyr, the witness even to the point of death. It can, some of the passages that talk about trials can also be, you know, personal trials that we go through, but here Peter's talking about a community that really is under serious persecution. And again, he points out, he doesn't say this shouldn't be happening to you or run, flee from it in some way. He said, the suffering that you're enduring is purifying. It's a trial. It purifies your faith. It tests your faith. It takes you deeper. And that faith is tested by fire, the fire of persecution. And as you embrace it, you don't go looking for it. You don't necessarily, you don't try to create it. But for the Christian, we're challenged. I think I mentioned this last week, even, you know, in, in Ephesians chapter six, where Paul talks about spiritual warfare. He said, the fundamental posture of the Christian living in enemy occupied territory, a fallen world, living in, you know, the beachhead that Christ has established of the kingdom on earth. The fundamental posture of the Christian is to stand, stand, stand. Actually, Paul says it one more time in the passage about the armor of God, to stand. But that standing, what are you doing? You're standing on the rock of Christ. You're standing with the church together. You're standing on the word of God, the truth of God, the promises of God, the commands of the Lord. You're standing in the grace and power of the Holy Spirit. And the standing is a posture of alertness. It's not a passive posture. It's a very active posture. And it's a readiness to bear witness to the truth of Christ, the saving truth of what he's done, the reality of what's really unfolding in the world. And we live it, and sometimes when we live it, the devil's strategy is to make a point of marshalling resources in the world to oppose the people of God. Sometimes it's really aggressive, like in different parts of the country today, I mean, the world today, you know, Nigeria, there's martyrs. I mean, since 2009, there's been over 52,000 Christians killed by militant Muslims. The 20th century was in the study done by, commissioned by St. John Paul II leading up to the Jubilee year to update the martyrology of the church and their work, which is very serious, ends up concluding this, that the 20th century, in the 20th century, there were twice as many martyrdoms, twice as many martyrs in the 20th century than the 19th centuries that preceded it since the death of Jesus. So we don't see it in the United States very much. I mean, there's a little heat coming now. You know, people are being canceled. Christianity is being blamed by some people for standing in the way of progress and uh, lacking sufficient love and total acceptance of the current neo-Gnostic religion, you know, neo-Marxist religion that's emerging in the culture that's expecting everybody to align with it. So there's pushback that's coming, and it's going to continue unless somehow the culture gets turned in the United States, which is very hard to do, short of a revival that the Lord leads in some way, that grace comes with great power. I do think we're walking into a deeper time of purification. So 
the basic point I'm trying to make here this morning is that, number one, this is just part and parcel to the Christian life. It's part of the normal Christian life to experience opposition, trial, and even serious persecution at times. Secondly, as James said, count it pure joy. Now that's, again, counterintuitive to us. Man, are you kidding? When persecution and trial comes, I mean, who wants it? It's difficult. It's painful. Let's try to escape it. Let's do something to have to avoid it. Here's some of the words Jesus himself spoke to prepare us to help us understand that this will be a part of it. So something hasn't gone wrong. We're meant to be witnesses because the witness, both in how we live and what we say, communicates God's saving plan. It's an expression of radical love and loyalty to Christ and love of neighbor. Here's Matthew 24, where Jesus speaks to the apostles about what they're about to endure after what he was going to endure. First of all, you know, the trial of the cross and his resurrection. And then the apostles were going to experience the same. So he said this, then you will be handed over to be persecuted, to be put to death. And you will be hated by all nations because of me. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. So that's where Paul got it from. Stand, stand, stand. Stand firm in the truth. Because the demonic powers in the earth, the fallen world, the flesh, is resisting, wants to push the Christian community off the rock it's standing on. Remember, this is a war. This is a battle. This is a time of spiritual warfare between the two comings of Christ. And for anyone who's baptized into Jesus, who's baptized living the church among God's people, the only way the devil can win a victory over us is if we quit. You win this battle simply by not quitting, living the faith, be converted. And everything else is in the Lord's hands because the final battle is won. The destiny of human history, God's plan will not be stopped. The kingdom of God has been established. So Jesus is saying to the apostles here, both what they're going to persecute, but he's also talking about the end time trial that's going to precede his coming. Matthew chapter 5, verse 11. Blessed are you. Again, this is Jesus from the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are you when men revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Listen to how he says we should respond. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so men persecuted the prophets who were before you. So, friends, persecution is both a demonic attack to hinder us in our spiritual growth and to knock us off our mission, but it's also a gift from God. And so how we respond to it is really critical. St. Paul says at one point, Philippians says, For to you it has been granted on behalf of Christ to suffer for his sake. It's a gift from God. You've been granted the privilege of imitating Jesus and experiencing suffering and trial. Now, we're afraid, I think we're so conditioned by the culture to sort of hide our light under the bushel basket and not to stir anybody up or make anybody feel uncomfortable. And the church, of course, is always never imposing itself. It proposes the truth. Uh, The witness proposes to human beings God's beautiful saving plan, you know, when the opportunities arise to be able to do that. 
And somehow, if some people react negatively to it, feel like, oh, we shouldn't have done that. It's not true. The gospel goes forward, and oftentimes in the world, it's resisted. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17, Paul characterizes these trials. He said, this slight momentary affliction will give way to an eternal weight of glory beyond all compare. Keep the eternal perspective in mind. We cannot avoid, if we're living the faith seriously, and the culture around us is collapsing, the Christian culture is collapsing, and a counterculture against the gospel, whether it's conscious or not, embracing a set of values that are against the kingdom, against the gospel, that's going to bring greater and greater resistance. And people are going to have to pay a price for it. You know, it's just how what happens. And so the apostles are never worried about it. When Peter and John were, were beaten by the Sanhedrin for witnessing to Jesus and disobeying the leaders and continuing to proclaim the gospel, after they were beaten, it says they departed, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer for the sake of the name of Jesus. Peter makes clear in, in the fourth chapter of First Peter, do not think it's strange, brothers and sisters, but re, you know when you suffer persecution, but rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings that when his glory is revealed, you may be glad with exceeding joy. Jesus says it, the apostles said it, suffering for the gospel not only purifies, but it leads to a great reward that will be celebrated for all eternity because it's fundamentally an act of love in imitation of Jesus. Have a wonderful day, brothers and sisters. Each program of Fire on the Earth with Peter Herbeck can be downloaded at AveMariaRadio.net and RenewalMinistries.net. Fire on the Earth is a production of Ave Maria Radio. Friends, I'd like to offer you my new booklet, Receiving Fire. Jesus said, I have come to cast fire on the earth. Would that it were already ablaze. That fire is the purifying love that burns in the heart of Jesus. A fire of grace for those who receive it, but a fire of judgment for those who refuse it. If you'd like a copy of this free booklet, call 1-800-282-4789 or contact us on the web at renewalministries.net slash FOE. That's renewalministries.net slash FOE.